<clears throat> good day, everyone. Good evening. Uh, this Tvar uh, Torah on the Parsha is sponsored by Elaine Pomerantz in memory of her mother, the Yortzeit, the Neshama should have an Aliyah. And I appreciate Elaine's friendship and generosity throughout the years. The uh, central figure in the Parsha is naturally Avram Avinu. And uh, we learn in the Mishnah in Avot that Asar Nisyonos Nisnasa Avram Avinu V'yomad Bekulam that Avravinu was tested with 10 different situations and he emerged greater after each one. Now, throughout the ages, uh, the uh, commentators have struggled to try and identify which are the 10. And as can readily be understood, there certainly is no unanimity in this. In fact, if you add up what everybody says, you have far more than 10. And there is a a subtle lesson in that. And the lesson uh, that I want to concentrate on is that all of life is in this soil. It's not just individual situations that arise, but that all of life, all of our everyday uh, choices, options, everything is in this soya. Somebody says something to me, how do I respond to that? That's in this soya. Now, we don't think of that as an Nisoyan because that's everyday life. So we think a Nisoyan is a great thing. Tempted, uh, I, I, uh, somebody left the cash register open. There are no cameras. I can walk away with money. Oh, that's a Nisoyan. But the truth of the matter is, as I mentioned, all of life is a Nisoyan. Every day we have these choices. Every day we are tested. And the question is, are we able to come out greater, enhanced, better people? That's not an easy answer. Avroma Vinu is alone in the world. That's a great Nisoya. It's hard enough to be alone in terms of family, in terms of not having a spouse. That's a very difficult Nisoya. One has to be alone. But nevertheless, one has acquaintances, One has friends, one has a society, 
if we're fortunate enough, one has a synagogue. So even though the person is alone, the person is not really alone. Because there are other people who care about the person and there are other people who share the values and outlook and faith and therefore, so to speak, one is not alone. One is part of a group. One is part of a nation. One is part of a history. Not alone. Avroma Vinu is alone. Loma Nikoshmo Avroma Ivri. Why is he called Ivri? Because he's on one side and the rest of the world is on the other side. He has no allies. We're talking at the beginning. He has no allies. He has no people that agree with him. He's an outlaw. He's been condemned to death. And really, he has no parents. Terach is not uh, the ideal father. Terach, in fact, is the merchant who sells statues and idols and icons. We all know the famous medrash from the time we were children that Avram Avinu, as a child, broke all of them. And then when uh, Terach complained, he said, well, the, the big one broke the little ones. He said, so Terach said, the big one can't do anything. He said, then why do you worship him? So he has no father, really, because everything that he stands for and everything that he does is against his ancestral heritage. It's against where he's coming from. The Gemara tells us the name of his mother. That's your assignment for next week. Find out the name of Avroma Vinu's mother. I remember when I was, <laughs> you know, as a Rav, uh, so uh, there was a, a man that came to Shul. So whenever a guest rabbi came to Shul, he would ask him only one question. What was the name of Avram Avinu's mother? Well, 90% of them didn't know it offhand. It's not, uh, I wouldn't say it's trivia, but it's, uh, you know, uh, it's not like knowing a Rambam or a Tosfus. And uh, therefore, he would say, you see these rabbis, uh, they don't know anything. So needless to say, I looked it up. But uh, he's, uh, he has no father, he has no mother. His brother was killed by Nimrod. And his brother was wishy-washy, wasn't on the side of Avram Avinu. Horon said, uh, we'll see what happens. If Avram Avinu is able to escape from the fire, oh, then I'm, uh, I'm a monotheist. But if he's not able to escape from the fire, then I'm with Nimrod. 
Uh, that uh, doesn't guarantee any faith or stature or legacy. So he's alone. There are no greater Nisoyim than that. Being the only one in the world. The Novi says, Ki echod krosiv. I call them one. That's all he is at one. And we know there is a herd mentality. We don't want to be one. Not only that, when the majority is against us, so even though there are those who are with us, we are reluctant to expose ourselves to criticism, and therefore we keep quiet. We don't uh, push the matter. So that's the first, and that's not the Nisoyim that's mentioned by any of them, any of them enforcing for the tendisionos of Avraham Avinu. But that's it's a great Nisoyim, a great test, a great challenge to be able to be alone. And uh, the Torah wants us to understand from that that this is the lot of the Jewish people throughout all of our history. We are always the naysayer. We are the ones that always say everybody else is wrong. So there can be a, a billion people that uh, believe in X, Y, or Z, and another billion people that believe in A, B, and C. And we're a handful of people, and we say it's all nonsense. We don't believe in it. We're alone. And we know how alone we are, because God forbid if we ever are in trouble, we realize, or we should realize, we really have no allies to rely upon except for God. And that's the whole story of the Jewish people. Avraham Avinu survives as being the lonely one. The Jewish people survive as being the lonely one. So we uh, said we're different. And in a world that finds it difficult to accept that, that can be dangerous. We see that throughout Jewish history. Uh, Paro in Mitzrayim, Homon, Yeshno Amechod, Mephosor, Mephor, Benagoyim, Vedosei Amelechenum, Mosim. Strange people. That was what Hitler said, what Stalin said. But everyone who has tried to destroy us says. So that's a major Nisoyim. 
That's a major nisoyim. And therefore, throughout Jewish history, we see that there have been sections of the Jewish people that fail on that nisoyim. In the words that the Novi Yechesko quotes, we're like everyone else. We're not the special. We're not different. We're not on one side of the river and everybody else on the other side. We're, we crossed that river a long time ago. We're just like everyone else. And that Nisoyon uh, remains with us throughout all of the generations and stands with us currently as well. Are we willing to be alone? Are we willing to be different? Or are we willing to, so to speak, sell out everything in order to look like we're being accepted even though rarely in our history have we ever been able to really be accepted. So that's one idea of Avram Avinu, very basic idea. How to remain alone. Just as an aside, uh, not... uh, this past, uh, you know, uh, originally, when the Marxists first came to Eretz Israel and made kibbutzim, Marxist Jews, so on the Passover night, on the Seder night, instead of reading the Haggadah, yeah, traditionally, they read the uh, excerpts from Marx and Engels. And uh, they had four questions. They imitated the Haggadah with this communist theology. I mean, today it doesn't exist anymore, Baruch Hashem. Uh, today it's almost a laughing stock, but it's not a laughing stock because I want to point out to you that last Rosh Hashanah, in a number of reformed temples in the United States, so the Jewish uh, justice from the Supreme Court, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, had died just before Rosh Hashanah. So in certain reform temples, instead of uh, having the Haftorah of the of Chana of, and of the Novi Shmuel, they read decisions of Ruth Bader Ginsburg to the trump, to the melody of the Haftarah. And they thought that was the greatest. Because that shows how woke we are. It shows how we're really with it. But that's not Avram Avinu. I don't know what travesty that is, but that's not Avram Avinu. All right, so that's one thing that we have to, when we speak about tests and challenges, the test and challenge of being alone and different, which is a major one.
second challenge, uh, which also is major, but uh, it's it's subtle, is how do we deal with the rest of the world? Can't be ignored. We see that Avram Avinu gets involved in a war. The war originally had nothing to do with him, but when Lot, his, his nephew, is captured and taken into captivity, <clears throat> so then he has to go to war. So he appears as a warrior. Now, people who appear as a warrior are not popular with those whom they war against. Napoleon is very popular in France even till today, but he's much less so in England. There, Wellington is popular. If you declare yourself as a warrior, you engage in war, So then, uh, undoubtedly, if you win, it means that somebody else lost. So how do you deal with that? Especially if you're trying, as Avram Avinu is trying, to promote the idea of monotheism in the world, to influence the idol worshipers, to try and influence Dome. So that's one piece of the puzzle. Avram Avinu is a warrior. Then there's another piece of the puzzle. God tells him, I'm going to destroy his dome. So uh, what if God told us, uh, I'm going to destroy... an arch enemy. I'm going to eliminate the Iranians, let us say. So uh, I imagine um, that many, if not most of us, would say, go right ahead. They earned it. They're evil people. When evil people are destroyed, that's a benefit, that's a melody to the world. It's a positive thing. So when God tells Avram Avinu, I'm going to destroy his dome, as we will see in this week and next week's parshas, Avram Avinu says, no. What do you mean you're going to destroy his dome? Not right. Ulai, maybe there's there are 50 good people in there in town. Now his dome has got millions. 50 people. Well, okay. God says, so to speak, okay, if I give you 50, 45, 40, 30, 20, 10.
So that's another piece of the puzzle. Avram Avinu as the defender of humanity, even of corrupt, evil humanity. They're godly creatures. Let's give them a chance. Don't destroy them. So they have the warrior peace and you have the stone peace. And then you have Avram Avinu with the challenge of his family. Yes, most difficult challenge I think imaginable. He has a son, Yishmael. He loves him. He undoubtedly invested in him whatever he could. He gave him whatever education he could. He tried to inspire him to be a good person. And it ends up who ye pere odom is a wild animal. Yorabakol Viat Kolbo. He's aggressive with everyone, and everyone is aggressive with him. And he is out to destroy everybody. Yishmoel. Can there be any greater disappointment than that? Don't Avram Avinu think of himself as a failure? How does he deal with that? And he has other children, the Bnei Apelakshim. He gives them gifts and he sends them away. that they shouldn't have anything to do with Yitzchak and they shouldn't have anything to do with him. He would have to be uh, made of steel and iron and not to have regrets and emotion regarding these events. And the disappointment in Lot Lot is an orphan. Avram and Sora raise him. They take him down to Egypt. He becomes very wealthy there because of Avram. He repays it with ingratitude. He can't live together with Avram. He says it's too expensive. You know, there are too many people that come to collect money. 
I'm bothered. I don't want any of that. I want to leave. And he goes to his home. It's one thing to leave. But it says, yeah, a lot stone. He took his tent all the way to his home. And in stone, people will say, look, I'm Romavina's nephew, right? So is there any greater desecration, so to speak, of the name of Avram than that? So these are enormous tests. All of these pieces of the puzzle. And we'll have in a few weeks that he he, uh, when uh, Sora passes away and he wants to bury her, and the Bonus Shalom told him, It's all yours, Avram. From Matula to Elat. More than that. He wants to buy a plot for a cemetery and they can't do it. And he ends up paying uh, an exorbitant price to the B'nai Ches. So isn't that a challenge? This is as great a challenge as anything that uh, the, any of the 10 that we would list. And Avram Avinu uh, not shaken by any of this. The Chazal say that Avram Avinu had vision. He saw it from far away. Not many people are blessed with vision. There are people that have, Baruch Hashem, good eyesight. There are people who have declining eyesight. But vision is a different matter. Vision is being able to see beyond events, circumstances, disappointments. That's why uh, prophecy is called chazon. Chazon is vision, to be able to see far. And that was a trait of the Jewish people always. that they were blessed with vision. The whole reason that we're here in Eretz Israel today is because of that vision. In the, the darkest days of the Middle Ages, you're going to tell them the Jews are going to be in Eretz Israel. 150 years ago, you tell them the Jews are going to be in Eretz Israel. 
Avram Avinu, he sees it. He sees it. To him, it's reality. And he uh, demands to know the, the signs and the signals that will make it clear that he will inherit their Israel. Savrum Avinu says the famous uh, medrash regarding the Akedah that he, he asked Eliezer and Yishmael, Mu'atem Roim, what, do you see anything? They're looking for Yerushalayim, for Haramuriah. Can you identify it? Do you see anything? And they say, no, Klumonaroim, we don't see anything. And that's why he said, you're like a dumb animal. The Chamor doesn't see fire. It only sees the blades of grass in front of it that it wants to eat. There's no sense of vision of a future. But uh, Yitzhak and I, we see. We see that there's Anun Kosher Alahor. But there's a mountain and there's a cloud and it's special and it's going to be. It's going to be something there. It'll take a thousand years. So what? Hayat Hashem Tiktsar. Will uh, God be unable to uh, facilitate it and bring it to being? Certainly not. And that's why it says, Avram Avinu vehemin Bashem. Avram Avinu believed. Not only that he believed that it was going to happen, he believed to such an extent that he saw it happen even though it would have happened long after he's gone. Because I'll say we we read it on Simcha's Torah that God showed Moshe Vayareyu Hashem the Lubonah Shalom showed Moshe Arayom Acharon Eretz Yisrael and to the end of the last sea, meaning uh, the Mediterranean. But the Gomorrah Darshans don't say Yom, but say Yom. Arayom Acharon. Moshe saw us. He saw what would happen to the last day. That's what makes him Moshe Rabbeinu. That's why he's the Av Kol because of the fact that he had that sense of vision. So that is our legacy from Avram Avinu. That's what he left us with. He left us with the ability to be alone. He left us with the ability to be different, to overcome everything. 
and to absorb all of the disappointments that life has in store for all of us. Family disappointments, bitter family disappointments. And to be able to continue. I often uh, had that feeling. Uh, I knew a lot of good Jews in Chicago when I grew up. Many of them no longer have Jewish descendants. Now I'm talking about people who were Rabbonim, people that were Talmide Chachomim, and people that were active leaders of the community, people who stood on the street corners with a uh, pushka to collect money for Eretz Israel when the state of Israel was just yet still only a goal. And they have great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren that are not even Jewish anymore. And what happened? How do we deal with that? And that's why the Torah told us all of these stories about Avram Avinu. Because uh, if we look it over, he certainly did not have an easy life. Nothing went the way he wanted it to go. That was the challenge. That's the Asura Nisyonos Nisnasa Avram Avinu. Those are the tests that he was tested with. It should be one way and it never is. It should work out and it never does. How do we rise above that? So that's why the Torah says, Vehemin Bashem Vayashavel Od Stoko. The Kotzker had a famous uh, quip. Cicero Yosher. What's hidden from us, the world, is somehow straight, but we don't see it. That's also what's the Eitza? Emuna. That's not necessarily easy to acquire. But every shred of faith that we have is something that a person should work on to retain. Because a little faith grows. It's only when there is nothing left, God forbid, that all the destruction comes into life. So the, these lessons from Avram Avinu, the Ahmad Bikulam, he overcame them all. So we will also overcome them all. We also will stand up. And the fact that we are confronted by uh, current crises, by difficulties, 
But meanwhile, the Rabboni Shalom is doing great things for us that we hardly notice and take into account. Enemies now want to become allies. And while people are out on the street hollering for what I don't know exactly what causes, the Rabboni Shalom is doing his. And that's the idea of Vehemin Bashem Vayachshuver Lodzdoka. Vehemin Bashem, I believe that God will do things for us. It's not I believe in God. I believe that the promises that he made, the covenant, he'll take care of it. Somehow it'll all come right. Someone will all be able to understand better how events occur and why they occur. And we'll be able to rise above all of our difficulties and problems. And because of that, therefore, we'll be privileged to be the children of Avram and Sorah not only biologically and genetically, but spiritually and idealistically as well. And that is an important nisoyon that all of us should strive to overcome and achieve because that is the basis of our legacy and eternity. So I want to thank you all for listening here this evening. Uh, Saturday night, we have a lecture on uh, Valoshin, the yeshiva as I knew it through my grandfather. Uh, I like the series that I'm going to do. I hope you do as well. <laughs> it's, uh, I really was enthusiastic about being able to do this. So that would be Saturday night. In order to get the link... Just contact Nochum Amsel, Nochum at JewishDestiny.com, Nochum at JewishDestiny.com. Thank you all. Be blessed and be well. Call to Selah.